0: This was recorded live at Trinity Church in San Juan, Puerto Rico. For more information, go to trinitypr.org. If you'll stand with me, you'll have in your bulletins or in your Bibles, Colossians chapter 3. Hear now the word of God. If then you have been raised with Christ... Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as Christ, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. This is the word of God. You may be seated. I'll take this. You got a microphone.
1: God bless you, Jose Elias. Amen. Uh, Good morning. It is so, so good to be with all of you. Um, It's my pleasure to bring God's word to you this morning. Uh, Today is Sunday, uh, January 5th. Five Sundays, five days ago, we began a new year. And the start of a new year is is a time of renewal, there is so many tangible things that, we, that require renewal uh, for in the new year. Your car registration, your health insurance, um, maybe your library car, maybe uh, even your pet insurance. Uh, and I want you to consider this question. Uh, what was your source for renewal in the last year? Uh, in the fatigue of daily life, where do you usually look for renewal? And to help us meditate on this question, we are going to consider a passage that, that we just read from Colossians 3, verses 1 to 12. Without doubt, you have been a uh, number of times in an elevator with the name Otis. Uh, named after, after Elijah Otis. Uh, Otis elevators have been the standard for more than uh, 100 years, 150 years. But it, it, Elijah Otis did not invent, it, invent the elevator. He uh, invented the, uh, the braking system that ensure its safety. Before this, most elevators uh, were open platforms And they will come apart, and people will be seriously injured if the cable broke. What is interesting is that Eli Chaudis initially had trouble selling his elevators. Finally, in 1854, he came up with a new marketing strategy. Every hour of the day, he will give a demonstration of the Crystal Palace Exhibition in Manhattan. Stepping into his machine, giving the order to cut the rope. The crowd held its breath. The brake kicked in. The, the elevator stopped, and Otis announced, All safe, gentlemen, all safe. This was so powerful uh, because with this demonstration, Elijah was not only saying his elevator worked, but he was showing everyone that he actually trusted in his product. He actually trust, trusted that the braking system he had cre- created will work its purpose. Uh, following this, Otis quickly sold his first three elevators for 300 apiece. And today, only in New York City, alone has about 70,000 elevators. In the passage that we are considering today, from Colossians 3, Paul is writing to the church of Colossians about how they can trust in God's power to transform their lives. In fact, Paul is addressing this issue because in the face of temptation, Christians may not trust in the, in the ability of God's power to transform their lives. Paul is writing this letter because he's uh, writing this letter to a church that was facing opponents who were challenging and demeaning the sufficiency of Christ and their hope. These Christians, because of having little confidence in their faith, apparently were overly unsure about their claims, and easily shaken by challenges. And Paul is writing them to fortify their trust in God's power to renew them. Paul is saying to them, they must trust in God's power to renew them. And the question is, how we are renewed? In this passage, we learn that we are renewed By participating in a new identity, a new humanity, and a new community in Christ. First, we are renewed by participating in a new identity. In verses 1-4, Paul describes the new identity of believers by virtue of their participation in Christ's death and resurrection. He says in verse 3, you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. The believer's life was put to death and now is hidden with Christ. And that constitutes the believer's new identity. Paul is claiming that an act that happened before uh, centuries ago is sufficiently powerful to define the believer's life he's claiming that Christ's death resurrection and future manifestation in glory could define our identity but we modern people uh, find difficult to believe that something more than our actual professional achievements nationality politics And even the the expression of our sexuality could define who we are. We rely on our own needs, our own sense of achievement or failure, and how people look at us to define our life. And if that falls apart, we fall apart. But Paul is inviting us to put our trust in a more secure source to define our identity. This source of identity is so reliable that he says in verse 1 and 4, it is based on Christ's resurrection from the dead and our hope of reigning with him in glory. And because we let the power of this new identity to define who we are, we are called to an ego crucifixion, on the basis of Christ's crucifixion. Our own needs do not define us anymore. How people look at us do not define us anymore. We have died, and our lives are hidden with Christ. So how can we see ourselves united with Christ in his death and resurrection? How can we see ourselves in light of an action that happened before our time? The Passover literary of the Israelites shows us how a Jewish individual um, was supposed to think about himself and his community. In this Passover meal, Israelites commemorate the Exodus from Egypt. And it was the custom that at one part of the meal the youngest person stands and asks Why is this night different from all our nights or nights And another Israelite who lived a thousand years after the Exodus could reply We We were created were slaves in, to the pharaoh in Egypt and the Lord our God brought us forth. For this Israelite, being a living member of the community created by the Exodus made him a participant in the Exodus. That Israelite was not a mystic or a romantic with no sense of time. What he understood was this. Every New generation was a continuation of God's community by sharing it what God did through Moses. Far more than the Israelites are united to the Exodus community, Paul teaches the Colossians that if they have died with Christ, they have also been united with Christ. He wants them to understand this as the Core of their new identity they have been united with Christ now if, if you are like me um, you might also ask yourself what difference does this as the that um, this, uh sorry what difference does this spiritual reality of being united with Christ make can it really change um, anything in this coming year 2020 and I want you to consider this. Like, if you are dead and Jesus is alive in you, whose identity do you have? Christ Jesus. That is the point. It actually begins to change how you read the Bible when you're, you understand that it, this is more than saying, I have the love of Jesus deep, deep, deep in my heart. It, actu- it, it, it is actually saying, his identity has been put in my place. God looks at you right now as if you have been if you have paid all the penalty for every cent of your sin. You have already been beaten. You have already been flogged. You have been crowned with thorns. You have been nailed. Your new identity is hidden with God in Christ, and your life is united with Him. Therefore, therefore, Paul can say in verse 4, Christ is your life. And this new identity serves as a buffer against the bombardment of toxic messages that our culture throws, throws at us. Because our own sense of achievement does not define who we are. Our failure does not define who we are. How other people look at us does not define who we are. The gospel creates this buffer. We are in Christ, and we have been approved by the only one we need approval form from, from Our primary identity is hidden with Christ in God. We are sons of God. We have been adopted by the blood of Christ according to the will of God. That is our identity. Not only we are renewed by participating in a new identity in Christ, but we are renewed by participating in a new humanity. Look with me in verse 5. Here Paul writes, Put to death, therefore, what is early in in you. And he starts listing features of the believer's old way of life. And then in verse 10, he talks about putting the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. And we see that Paul is, is using baptismal language, talking about the process of renewal in which believers take off their old self and put on the new self. We are used to the language of the new self, too, in advertising, advertising, uh, especially with diet plans uh, coming beginning on this new year, uh, with the image of a smiling, sky, skinny person and the subtitled, Say Hello to Your New Self. These diet plans, uh, advertisements, seek to make us believe that if a person can change how they look on the external, they are obtaining a new self. But Paul is not talking here about a change that is merely produced by us in the external. And he, nevertheless, is talking about a change that comes as a result of a process of meditation or personal introspection. Paul is talking about a new self that is the product of an external power. And we really need to understand this. Uh, you and, our, and, and I are not renewing ourselves into the image of God. That is not what I am saying, please. You and and I are being renewed by God into his own image. Paul, in verse 10, intentionally used passive language to say that this new self is being renewed. This renewal is the product of an external power. There is a new humanity that already has started to transform us. That is the process of sanctification. This is the work of God's free grace. It is a gift from God that enables us more and more to put to death the old self. Paul is trying to say to the Colossians, there is a new humanity that was inaugurated with the victory of Jesus over sin and death and is waiting ahead. Therefore, Paul can say in verse 4, Christ is your life. And this new identity serves, um, sorry, I am reading two manuscripts. and <laughs> It's funny, like, preaching in Spanish, then you preach in English, and you're like, I need to read. <laughs> but it's funny, like, for me, like, being in St. Louis, like, and then coming three years later, you feel like your English is, you feeling more confidence, but at the same time, you're like, I need to read. <laughs> so, yeah. Paul is trying to say to the Colossians, there is a new humanity that was inaugurated with the victory of Jesus over sin and death, and it's waiting ahead. Since this humanity has already started, you, are, you already are being renewed into the image of God. So you don't have to keep resorting uh, to that all-sinful humanity. You are free from that. Put to that that all humanity," he says. "April 11 uh, of 1945 is an important day for many Jewish survivors of the Nazi Holocaust. The United States Army uh, succeeded in freeing the Buchenwald concentration camp, but for hundreds of hungry men piled in bunks, what was happening seemed confusing on that day. After all, they, there were more uniform soldiers who could be new captors. However, everything changed when a Jewish chaplain. Entered the barracks and spoke to the Jews in their own language, saying, Shalom, Aleishem, Yidem, Kaysin Frey, peace be with you, Jews, you are free. Imagine the, the excitement of these men listening to someone in their own language saying, You are free. You are free. So what, what, I, what I want to say is that there is no difference between this event and what Paul is saying to the Colossians here. We can consider ourselves in captivity to that old self with its, his old destructive behaviors even though we already have been set free in Christ. In fact, In fact, Paul is addressing this issue because we struggle to internalize how God has enabled us to participate in this new humanity through his, through his death and resurrection. Because we have been raised with Christ, we can put to that, that the old self and put on the new self. That means we are Christians, we as Christians, are trying on this new self, sort of like clothing. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, used to say that uh, a Christian dress up as a Christian in in his mind until he begins to live as a Christian. You are adopted, you are forgiven, you are a participant in a new humanity in Christ. This new self, as Paul said in verse 10, is being renewed in knowledge after the image of God. There is a miraculous work that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God does, does to make us a new self. But we need to grow in that new being. And this means that day after day, we grow in knowledge. That is why we need times of prayer. That is why we need the sacraments. That is why we need to study the Bible, and as we immerse ourselves ourselves in these practices of Christian life, we begin to believe the promises of God above and and beyond the promises of sin. One of the big problems we have in every field of today, in every field today, including sociology, psychology, or politics, or politics is that. Nobody can agree on what a human being should look like. Um, Nobody can agree on it. How should human beings be like? Everybody has their own opinion. But the Christians have far and away the most coherent and most attractive answer to that. We should be like Jesus. Jesus. Uh, we were created to be in his image and his likeness. That is the image of how humanity should look like. Uh, We are participants of this new humanity by being like him. Putting on the new self means looking at Jesus and saying, that's how I was created to be. We have seen that we are renewed by participating in a new humanity and a new uh, identity in Christ. Now we will move to our third and final point. We are renewed by participating in Christ's new community. Paul says to the Colossians in verse 11 uh, through 15 that Participating in this new humanity should radically change their relationship with one another to the point of producing a new community. He elaborates on that by saying in verse 12, they must consider themselves as God's chosen people. And by intentionally using the, using the term God's chosen people, he makes allusion to the Israel communal Identity in the Old Testament. But this new God's chosen people after Christ's death and resurrection is no more defined by a specific ethnic or race, but by a new community from across all social, ethnic, and cultural spheres. He says in verse 11 Here there is no Greek, and you circumcised or uncircumcised, citizen, slave, free, but Christ is all and all. Are there languages, language differences between Trinity Church and La Travesía? Absolutely. Should they separate us? Absolutely not. Are there socioeconomical differences differences between uh, people yes should they separate us absolutely not the rich should worship with the poor the American should worship with the Puerto Rican the Asian, the Asian should worship with the black white and Hispanic Paul is saying that our new identity in Christ enable us to participate in this new community that is no more defined by our, by our ethnicity, political affiliations, or socioeconomical status, but by Christ's rescuing power. This new community is distinguished, as Paul says in verse 12, by people who put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. And it is important that to know how Paul is intentionally, again, using the language of putting on something. Uh, He's using baptismal language to talk about Christian community. Um, Paul is trying to say to the Colossians, there's a new community that was inaugurated with the victory of Jesus over sin and death and is waiting ahead for you to live in. This is a new age in which you are participating as being part of this community. And we are renewed by, to put on the characteristics of this new community. To me, um, no one describes this new community as well as the German theologian uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, in his book, Life Together, Bonhoeffer talks about how we Christians tend to think of the Christian community as an ideal that we dream for. Uh, And the result is that at the end, we love more our ideal of Christian community than the Christian community itself. And Bonhoeffer says that when we think like that, we become destroyers of that community. So he proposed an alternative. And this alternative is understanding that Christian community is not an ideal, but a divine reality. Bonhoeffer says, and I quote, because God already had laid the only foundation of our community, because God had united us in one body with other Christians in Jesus Christ long before we enter into common life with them. We enter into that life together with other Christians, not as those who make demands, but as those who thankfully receive. And that is what Paul is saying to the Colossians. This new community is more than the place in which there is diversity for the sake of diversity. But because Christ is all and in all. This new community is summoned by Christ's rescuing power. And participating uh, in this new community of God's chosen people becomes a means for renewal in this coming year. So, I I want you to ask yourself, how can you be transformed to Christ's image as you participate in this spiritual reality called Christian community? Not only we are renewed by participating in a new humanity in Christ as individuals, but we are renewed by participating in a new community. That is what is important, what we are doing here. We are not only seeking to pray alone and be uh, um, edified like in, the, in, the, in an individual sense, but with all our Christians. Is there anyone from this community with whom you are having fellowship and are being accountable for your life? Someone to whom uh, you really talk to, not just about food or hobbies, but about how you need God, what you need God to do in your life. Most of our deepest conflicts with sin and temptation tend to be related to things that we don't want people to know. And we are not telling others. And we say, "I I can handle this on my own. I don't want to be embarrassed, but if we think we can produce changes only by exercising self-control, it will never work. We have to make ourselves accountable to Christian community. My wife, um, she she, fly to to San Luis this morning, um, and we moved to San Luis three years ago. And when we first moved to San Louis, my wife used to work uh, with the... She's a speech and language pathologist. Uh, speech and language pathologist, yeah. And she used to work with the San Louis public schools um, as a speech pathologist. And as a general rule, uh, a student who begins a therapeutic process must have what they call in the public schools... An individualized educational plan that establishes the student's strengths, needs, and goals to be attained in the school year. One, and one of my wife's uh, greatest frustrations was the fact that on multiple occasions, she found inter- intervention plans that did not reflect the true needs of the student. And in many cases, this means that a child has been receiving an inadequate intervention for months. In some cases, one year. But it also means that before she continued providing services, she had to identify the true needs and develop a completely new intervention plan. In this passage, Paul identified a real problem and also our true needs for this coming year a real problem is our refusal to trust um, in god's power to transform our lives by his resurrection christ made a provision for our true needs making possible that we can put to death our old self and be renewed into a new life now our life is hidden with christ in god and he has made us participant of a new identity a new humanity and a new community this is where the real power for renewal lies let us pray lord um, We need renewal, uh, and you have provided the means for that. Um, We do not want uh, this world to define us. We want to live by putting on the new self and being renewed in your image. You have given us a new identity, a new humanity, and a new community. May our hearts trust that you really are transforming us